Welcome to another episode of Never a Dull Movie. I'm Father Chip Hines. And I'm Brian Swift. And today we're going to do our Oscar prediction show, and it's a, always a fun time. We love doing the Oscar predictions. Uh, I'm not very good at it, apparently, because I never seem to win. Uh, on the old TV show, I never I won very infrequently, and uh, I, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Um, Brian usually is pretty good at this, so... Uh, we'll see how it goes. But before we start on our predictions, Brian, how about some news? Yeah, we're going to have to come up with some news. Uh, I know. I'll see if I can find that. Um, just two quick pieces of news. And I just saw these. We've talked since we started the podcast about the streaming service wars. Well, mm, there is yes. news that there is a new one entering that apparently is going to be a juggernaut. They Uh-oh. all say that. Who's this? Uh, CBS and Viacom have merged. Yes. And they're planning... Uh, they're going to bump CBS All Access? I think... Well, no. I mean, it could be a situation where CBS All Access gets everything that Viacom has done. So Viacom is this right. huge evil corporation. I'm not not serious. Wow. I don't know. They evil. might be. It's a huge multinational corporation. Yep. They've been making content for years. They own MTV and Comedy Central. And you okay. see, you know, ever since I was a kid, I saw their logo. Yeah, me too. So apparently... They're like, oh, this is a game changer. I, you know, because we're keeping track of this, right. I thought it was worthwhile bringing up. You know, it's funny because Viacom used to own CBS, and then they they either sold it or spun it off or whatever. Yeah. Now they're back together again, and this merger back together again has implications for uh, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then it also, in in my reading about it, as of like November. Viacom was licensing a bunch of their properties to other to multiple other. Uh, well, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, at that seemed, point, yeah, you'd think that in November. Here we are at the end of January, right? You'd think that. I mean, I would imagine at this level of business of Viacom and CBS business, you know that this is coming down the road two months ahead of time. Well, anything can see. The problem is anything can happen. And yeah. deals fall apart at the last second, and then all of a sudden you're you're out in the wilderness. Yeah. Um, they probably figure even if they license something out for a little while, they can get they'll, they'll get, get it back, back eventually. eventually. Yeah. Other piece of news. Next news. Okay. <laughs> when we did our top twenty of the decade. Yes. I didn't know that you were such a big Wes Anderson fan. I am so a big I, Wes Anderson so fan. So yeah. his new movie, the release date has uh, been released, and it's oh. much sooner than you'd think. It's July 24th will be the new Wes Anderson Great. movie date. It's called The French Dispatch. Ooh. Uh, it's got a really good cast, okay. a lot of his usuals. Yeah. Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Adrian Brody. Nice. Um, but it's also got Francis McDormand and Jeffrey Wright. And Does it have a plot? You know... I didn't read the synopsis. Okay. Because I don't want to. With with filmmakers that I really like, I like to go in as blind as possible. So okay. even though this is news, I purposefully Wow. Well now you I, I the practice listener, some self control. You the listener are the beneficiary of Brian's self control. Uh I'm so we're gonna get into the meat of the episode. Yes. And I think I think I want to come up with some some theme for that too. I think this is going to be a famous segment. It's going to be called the meat of the episode. Oh, yeah, I like that. You like you that? have like two pieces of steak slapping together. That's disgusting. <laughs> I don't th- it's not appealing well, it's to meat. the listener. It's, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. I'll come up. We'll come up with something. Okay. I actually, I actually, I don't know if you know this. You, you probably do. I have a friend, very talented musician, and we are working on. Oh, excellent! Some yes. custom music. I like it just for us. Well, maybe he can do the custom. Maybe, his, maybe, yeah, maybe we can just do it. With his guitar or something. Or maybe I can just do it. I'll just, did it, did it. Or maybe I'll take your recording of doing it. Maybe when we're done, you <laughs> can do that. I want to be the did it, did it, did it guy. I think that'd be nice. Oh, good. Okay, so for the listeners, I'm keeping track yes. of our picks because Oscar in the past, in the past when, we, when you guys were doing the TV show and I was yep. producing, we didn't always keep track and then we'd go to talk about it. <laughs> And you didn't remember one or the other would not remember what they picked. No, I'll, you know what it was? Towards the end, though, I started to keep track of personally. Yeah. Started to keep track of what I was doing so that um, when it came time for the show, we'd be we'd be all set. And I, I'd be able to tell you what I did pick and what I didn't. So you know what you won and yeah, what you didn't win. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, I usually lost. So the viewer might hear me. I've got I've got a pad and a sharpie. You mean the listener? What did I say? Viewer. Yes. What you said. Uh, so you might hear me. I am paying attention. Good. But I'm also keeping copious records. I love it. Copious right. records. So, start, Father Chip. We are going to start with the supporting roles. First, actress in a supporting role. And the nominees are Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell. I'm going to ask you a question for a lot of these because we did go over these in a couple episodes ago, just the nominations. Yes. Have For each one, would you let me know if anything has changed on your status of movies you'd Have you seen anything new oh, sure. in this category uh, since we last talked about I it? I have not. Okay. So uh, I'm picking because I'm trying to pick like I think the Academy will pick. Right. This okay. is who this is who you think will win if you yes. had to put money on it. If I had to put money on it, which I I will not. Right. Uh, I am picking Florence Pugh for Little Women. And if I had to look at the if I had to look at all the movies and say who I think I would I think should win, uh, I would go with Laura Dern for Marriage Story because I think Laura Dern was so um, she was just good. Everyone was so good in that movie. It was a it was an acting tour de force. I think there's a reason that Laura Dern has been around as long as she has. Like she's she's so unassuming. Like when you you forget how good she is, oh, you yeah. see her in something. No, she's she always. Excellent. I mean, I've never seen her give not a good performance. Right. She she is she's a top. top I'll, actress. I'll say this about your will. Florence Pugh was very good in Little Women, and there I think she's an up she's an up and comer. There you go. Little Women. They're gonna want to give some Oscars to Little Women. Okay. And this is a category which they can do it without much problem. All right. So my pick for Best Supporting Actress, I also have a little bit of strategy behind my All picks. All right. My will and should are the same. All right. And it's Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit. Okay. And, and why? Here, one, I think her performance is excellent. Okay. But two, she's – and this, this kind of gives a hint – or a process of elimination hint for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Scarlett is nominated for both this year, yes, Best Actress is. and Best Supporting. And I think that being nominated for two acting awards suggests that you had a really good year. It sounds and like I it, think yeah. that if people think that somebody performed better in a leading role than her, they're still going to vote for her mm-hmm. for supporting because of sure. like. Oh, she, here we're going to award you for your year's worth of right uh, work. No, and that's a good strategy. Um, I think both strategies have their pluses and minuses. Um, but anyway, I I just think when I was looking at it, I said to myself, eh, they're going to want to do something with Little Women. Now maybe they're going to do it in Best Actress. I don't know. You could be right, um, but we'll see. And uh, you have anything more you want to say on this category? Uh, I know you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit yet. I still I suggest you see it. As you know, it's my favorite movie of the year. I uh, don't even know what it's about, Brian. Honestly. Well, we'll, we'll uh, I will take – it's a brief – Fine. You tell me set, later. It's set at – no, we'll do it now. It's set at the end of World War II. Okay. It's about a Nazi youth. All right. Um, it just has a stupid name. That's all. I'm it does. Sorry. Right? So it's, so it's a comedy, right? A comedy. So, a Nazi comedy. Yes. I mean, no, it, it, and it's not – Without its controversy, because of that, so okay, uh, so Jojo, the cap, the uh, lead character, yeah, has an imaginary friend, the rabbit, and his imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler. Oh, that's a lovely. Friend. So it's a very interesting situation where what was going on then? It's it's interesting. Hatred is portrayed through the eyes of a twelve-year-old boy's imagination. And who does Scarlett Johansson play? Jojo's mother. Oh, okay, so. So that's how the movie starts, and then Jojo finds out that his mother is sheltering a young Jewish girl who lost her family. Okay. And slowly, I don't know if he develops a relationship with her, but it, it's it's a revelation about he doesn't. But, but kill all, her, does he? But it's all very it's it's funny, like it's a comedy. I know this doesn't sound like comedy material. Is it a dark comedy? In parts. 
Sam Rockwell's in it. He's funny in every scene he's in. And Scarlett Johansson is very she, her performance is great. Okay. She's um she every time she's on screen, the movie's better. All right. Well, that's a a good that's a a good quality in a supporting actress. Um so in the next category will be actor in a supporting role. Um and the nominees are Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Al Pacino, The Irishman, Joe Pesci, The Irishman, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And now, I suspect because we're Is this in your will category? I, I'm just leading, right, sorry, I'm sorry. leading up to my pick. I just don't want to mislabel your... I understand. Right. I'll tell you when I'm ready. But I was just going to say, <laughs> I suspect that a lot of people, because I'm a Catholic priest, will think that I'm going to pick Anthony Hopkins for two popes. That would be a mistake to think that. I am going to will win Joe Pesci, the Irishman. So you've seen The Irishman because last no, time no. you hadn't. I still haven't seen it. Oh. But I'm picking him because he's Joe Pesci. He's been retired. I'm not sure that I can remember him winning an Academy Award before. And Al Pacino has. Well, and I also think that Joe Pesci, he's had some best support. I mean, he's had some award-worthy performances right. before. I agree. And I think this could be his uh, – you know, Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, but also uh, excellent performance. Fine. I know you haven't seen it, but I have. That's fine. And I, you know, if if I was, and this is my should, I'm picking with my heart. I really liked Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that movie. I just, I really enjoyed that movie. I, I, I think it's, you know, probably of the latest versions of uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, the movie. The movie. And his character. Yeah, I, I really like Brad Pitt's character in it. And uh, I like the character because I think the character is, he's just, he's like this guy who doesn't really, he just he just likes what he's doing. Yeah. He doesn't have any ambition to be anything more than he is. And yeah. or to, at least that's the way it felt like to me. And I I just was like I like this I like this character. He's a very calm sort. He is, and I would uh, you know sometimes I think like when I pick a when I like a character, it's like okay, would I like to sit down and have a beer with that guy? And you know I bet that guy has a lot of good stories. So yeah, I wouldn't mind having a beer with that. Okay, guy. So, all right. Anyway, my yes. will and should for best supporting actor yes. is. Joe Pesci for both. Hey, wow. Yeah. Um, They're canceling each other out. He's, if Brad Pitt won, I wouldn't be disappointed. Okay. Um, I just think Pesci did more because what Pesci did, and you haven't seen it yet, but what Pesci did was what he's done before in gangster movies, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, play, he plays a mobbed up right. figure. But in the past when he's done that, he's, loud and brash and angry and in yep. your face. And, yep. and that's like, and in this movie, he's quiet and friendly and charming. Hmm, and I, I just think that, I mean, par it's partially this, it's partially the screenplay, but I think that he could have easily kind of fallen into old, old, Joe Pesci. old like this is how it's supposed to be done. Right. No, he, he was a great performance, but also it 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 displayed range, which is also impressive considering he has been retired. Yeah, for a long time. For a little and while. A, yeah. and, and you know, there's actors who retire, right? And they're not really retired. Yep. But he's uh, been. But retired. he's been really retired. No, I haven't. He hasn't been in anything. I think it's been ten years. Something. And like even that. then, he was in like a cameo in a Robert De Niro directed movie. Right. And before that, it was like five years before that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's really been off the scene for about 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's good to see him back. I mean, I don't expect that he's going to be in a lot of movies anymore, but I think it was, you know, the combination of the directors and the actors and they, the story that kind of pulled him back out. I think they hounded him. Oh, I'm and, probably and, sure they did. And this is me projecting. If I'm somebody... That Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro are saying, we don't want to make this without you. Right. 
that's got to make you feel like a million bucks. Right. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, that's my one thought. of the I, greatest directors of our generation yeah. and one of the greatest actors of our generation saying, we don't want to do this without you, Joe. Yeah. That's got to pull yeah. you back in. And Al Pacino and Al Pacino plays Jimmy Hoffa. Um, he's a little bit too much Al Pacino and uh, not enough Jimmy Hoffa. Okay. There was a movie made about Jimmy Hoffa starring Jack Nicholson. Right. Jack Nicholson did, which is strange because Jack Nicholson is one of the actors who he's always playing. Jack. It, it's it's Jack. Yeah, he, it's, it's him saying his lines. He doesn't, not that he's not an actor. Right. But he's always a version of himself. Uh, Lately, I and, think, yes. And, and what I've observed is for most of his career. However, uh, in the Hoffa, in the movie Hoffa, which wasn't a great movie, it was directed by Danny DeVito. Oh, was it really? Yeah, oh, Danny DeVito's in it. But he he does the accent. He he acts with his face. To, mm-hmm. and, and Pacino was good, but he was there was just too much Pacino in it. Okay, and not enough Hoffa. Very good. Uh, so now we're going to roll on to the screenplays, adapted screenplay and original screenplay. Adapted screenplay first, uh, the nominees are The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Two Popes, and Joker. Joker, Joker, Joker. Um, so for adapted screenplay, I, again, am using strategy. I love it. And I'm going to go with Little Women. This is for adapted. Yes, adapted. Should will win Little Women. And so my should win is going to be Joker. And I just using strategy, I really think because of you know Hollywood and the excesses of the past, I really think they're gonna want to give and not to mention the the, the so called snubbing of, of Greta. Gerwig, um, I really think they're gonna. I think they're gonna. They're do, gonna show it some love. Show it some love, exactly. So, Little Women is my pick for adapted screenplay, and and uh, Joker is my should. It's a good strategy. Yeah, well, try, um, I'm trying. I'm also year. using strategy. Excellent. I have a different. I have a different answer though. My uh, will win is The Irishman. Okay. And I actually have two shoulds. I know that's mm. not fair, but I have two shoulds, and that's I couldn't okay. pick between the two. I don't. Neither of them are going to win. In my, I just don't think they're going to win. Okay. But, Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Okay. Um, I one I didn't know Jojo Rabbit was originally a book, but Little Women I did see, and I re- as I said to you, I really liked when Greta Gerwig adapted it. She it's not a word for word. She she put extra into it. Yeah, sure. And I I'm not trying to say she improved on a classic, but for me, what she put on the screen was so much more than I was expecting. I was expecting a dreary like I know it's not I know it's not set in England, but I was expecting English accents and <laughs> and you know that's just what I so Okay. She what she did with the story, she gave each character a little bit more depth, a little bit more backstory, which works good on the screen. Sure. Uh but for the Irishman, my strategy on the Irishman is similar. I think the Irishman, I think Scorsese is going to need to get some love. You think so? Yes. You don't think he's gotten enough love over the last few years? Well, how? I mean. What do you, I mean. In the sense of, and, and this is, you don't want to say this about anybody. How much longer are we going to have a productive Martin Scorsese to enjoy? I don't know. You know. It's a good question. Uh, all of these guys. How much longer are they going to really be have the oomph to do good stuff? I'm not saying that they're going to stop working. Right. Well, I mean, they're. I mean, De Niro's work. What pushing eighty? I mean, gotta be, they gotta all be, are. Yeah, got to be pushing eighty. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, you know, that's just I, my strategy. I, those are guys that De Niro and, and Scorsese are guys that I think will go as long as till they drop. You know, they're the kind of guys that will. Go till they drop, I think. Whereas Joe Pesci was like, nah, I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. Well, I just saw something about Joe. Not to get back on Joe Pesci, but I didn't realize Joe Pesci has led an extremely interesting life. A very, like, uh, he was one of the founders or responsible for the founding of, um, oh, what's what was Frankie Valli's 
uh, the Four band. Seasons. Yeah, the Four Seasons. So Joe Pesci was a musician. He he set out oh. to be a musician, and he was in a band with Frankie Valli. Okay, and said and basically was one of the people who was like, "Oh, you should be doing this," and that led to the starting of the Four Seasons. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other interesting because he is old. I yeah. think he's older than the others. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. All right, now uh, on to original screenplay. The nominees are Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Knives Out, and 1917. Uh, my will and should in this category are the same. Marriage Story. I really think that this was a script-driven movie. This was a you know an acting movie with where the words. Um, and the the words and probably even the stage directions were were important. You know, the written stuff was important for this movie. And there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of, you know, the main characters on screen. And there's a lot of um, – there's just a lot of words. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I mean, that doesn't you, mean you, that – I don't mean that in a bad way. No, I just you, think you that – joke, but it's true. It's true. And I think that this – I just loved that movie, and I don't think that they're going to get a lot of love um, in other categories. So, I its really momentum th- seems to have yeah. stalled. So, I think this is probably where they're going to get their love, and it's a good place to get it. I think the screen. I think the screenplay awards are always people who don't pay attention. They the reason why we're talking about them in this with all the other. High profile ones is screenplay is super important. And oh if, yeah! If you don't understand, if you don't have a screenplay, you don't have a movie. Right, and it's got to, and it has to be good. So, right. um, my will win mm-hmm. and should win are different. All right, my will win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay, and my should is Knives Out. Well, that's a great movie. It really is. Yeah, um, that's got a lot of words. It does, and I was I was leaning towards Knives Out until I saw Marriage Story, and. When I saw Marriage Story and how impressed I was with all that, I just, I just had, I just said that's the movie for me. Knives um, Out, Knives Out is good. It's got a lot of words, it's got a lot of great dialogue, but it's yeah, also it got a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and I think that that's another um, screenwriting challenge. Yeah, I yeah, think the sure. more characters you have, the more opportunity for a character to get under underdefined. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think that. Uh, Ryan Johnson's screenplay had every character who was there, no matter the different, the, as much screen time or as much dialogue as they got, you got each character. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. So, but with uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino had two reasons. This is my strategy. Tarantino has a excellent record at the screenplay. He, he does. doesn't get Best Picture awards. And he doesn't get Best Director Awards, but he gets Best Screenplay Awards. He does. And he gets Best Supporting Actor Awards he for does. his actors. So I'm kind of going on a track record of, okay, this is clearly where they like him. Well, you know, you got to think, though. Think this way, too. Maybe this is the year it turns around on him. Potentially. You know? Potentially. You never but know. Until that happens, yeah, this is my thought process. All right. Good strategy. Uh, so next we have... Uh, the next category we have is actor in a leading role. And so we have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. Before you give your will and should, on my notes, I'm going to write down my prediction for your pick because I'm so confident in it. And if I have to scratch it out, I'll scratch it out. But you just give me a second while I just write this okay, down. Okay, well, I think you're going to be surprised, but that's beside the point. Um, okay, yeah. go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to give you my will and should. They're different. Oh. Aha. Uh, I thought they were going to be the same. Okay. Aha. Uh, will, right will win and leading actor is Joaquin Phoenix. For the Joker should win is Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is great in the in Joker. I mean, he's he's creepy and he's effective with not just his his words, but with his mannerisms and with his 
you know, losing weight and, you know, for the role. I mean, just everything he did in that role, he was great. And I, I just think he was really, he was excellent. It's a comic book movie to a certain extent. And so because I, I just, I just feel like they're going to want to give it to him because it's a, it's a, it's a tough role. It's a weird role. Um, the Academy sometimes likes weird stuff. And, and, and especially, I think they like roles that sort of make the actor stretch a little bit. Now, why do I think Adam Driver should win? Well, because he was fantastic in Marriage Story. Um, he, he was so good in Marriage Story, he made me forget that he was Kylo Ren in uh, the Star Wars movies, which is a good thing because I thought he was terrible in those movies. I really did. I didn't think the guy could act. I honestly don't understand. I mean, I've seen him in stuff, and I've liked him in stuff, and I think he's a good actor, but I don't understand his ascending stardom. Oh, I don't understand. Like, he's not... He doesn't have the typical leading man good looks. Which doesn't always... I mean, that's not always a thing. Right. But it is kind of a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I think he is uh, helped by his, his... Association with uh, the the TV show Girls, which I'd never seen, but I know I've never seen it either. I I just my, know my that wife watched it for a while. There are a lot of people that watched it, and a lot of people that liked it. He, apparently, he was pretty good in it. I don't know, but when he was terrible in the Star Wars movies, and I I just hated that character too. I mean, he's just a bad character. So and, do you and think just a bad acting job? So do you think that the reason why he so you think Joaquin's going to win? But do you think the reason that Adam Driver might not win is the same reason why I think Scarlett Johansson is going to win uh, for supporting actress? Do you think that people might have not liked him in Star Wars and might say, okay, he was good in this, but he wasn't good in this? So it's therefore a possibility, he had like a middling year, right? Like it's a possibility, and they might say to themselves, is this a fluke? Right. Is this a is this a one off where this guy was really good and you know his next movie's going to be terrible? Yeah. I don't know. But I'll say this. I watched him on Saturday Night Live this last week and that was one of the funniest episodes okay. in a long time. The kid can do comedy. Sure. And, and not uh, every actor can. Not every comedy uh yeah, exactly. Not every actor can do comedy. And he can do drama uh, uh, at least based on the marriage story. So, I I don't know. I the jury's out on Adam Driver, but his stock for me went up this year. Yeah, and he's got a long career ahead of him. Oh, so. I I think so. He's not an old guy. He's a young guy. Yeah. Um, uh, but hold on, I haven't given you my picks. Yet. I know, I know. I'm Before I, so I'm going to give you mine, and then I want to ask you a question. Okay. Because mine are both the same. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. For Will and should. Will and should for Joker. What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say the same. The thing that I said. No, no, no. I thought you were going to go with Joaquin for both. For both. Oh, for both. Okay. Um, I think I said this to you when we talked about this last time. I'm sh- I'm surp- I find this category, which is usually a strong category, mm-hmm. surprisingly weak. I haven't seen them all, but from what I've seen, like DiCaprio, and this might be, I just might not be, I like DiCaprio, but I never find what he does to be special okay to the point where even when he won best actor in the revenant Mm -hmm. there were actors that year that i thought it did a better job okay so i might have a bias on him but what i in in once upon a time in hollywood which i saw more than once Mm -hmm. and i liked uh and he was doing something different in that movie and that he he was playing like a little bit of a loser he was um i just didn't find i just he just doesn't we're not on the same wavelength. I've, I've seen my, have four a, out of those five movies. Okay. I have a question for you on the Joaquin Phoenix pick that might make me wrong. Do you okay. think that the fact that Heath Ledger's Joker was so recently awarded, mm-hmm. could that hurt Joaquin Phoenix? It's an interesting thought because you're right. It could, uh, at least with some with some voters. But I think if they saw the movie... And legitimately, you know, analyze it fairly. I think they'll see that this was, it's a different, it's a different Joker. It's a different take on the character. Um, You know, this character is not intentionally 
um, evil to start with. He's crazy. Mm. He's off his medication. He's a he's a regular dude who's off his medication who somehow ends up being you know swept up in into a lot of of stuff that goes on. But I, I so I think he's different. The, Heath Ledger's Joker was fully formed, fully formed, and evil as. Heck, I mean, just you know, just the worst of the worst would do anything, would do stuff that made no sense just to do it. Uh, I have, uh, I mean, we're not going to go down a Dark Knight rabbit hole because that's that movie you could a talk Jojo about for a rabbit long time. Hole. A Jojo rabbit hole, very good. Um, oh, Dark Knight was awesome. Uh, I I'm going to say, in watching the Dark Knight and watching Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Heath Ledger brings this, and it's in his performance. I interpret it as he is acting completely uncontrolled while okay. he is deeply in control. I think he's. I think in that movie he's a master tactician who's part of his master plan is seeming to be random. Well, no, it's, it's his actions that are random. It's not. It's the script that. Is random. It's the script that's written is as written has him doing random things because the joke the Joker is supposed to be this. I'm talking about Heath Ledger, not Joaquin. No, I know. I'm talking right. about Heath Ledger. The script had him being, you know. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that. Well, he can't. He didn't write the script. Right? No, no, no. I'm talking about. I don't. In my interpretation of the Dark Knight is not that I don't think anything was random. I think part of his criminal genius is people like behaving in a way to convince people that his actions are random while being very much in control and multiple steps ahead all the time. Okay, agree to disagree. Okay, uh, so uh, you gave your pick. I did. Uh, we can so move on. Actress in a leading role. The nominees are uh, Cynthia Arivo. For Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Sersha, Sersha, Sersha Ronan for Little Women, Renee Zellweger for Judy, uh, and Charlize Theron for Bombshell. For those of you listening, the reason why Father Chip has such a hard time with Sersha Ronan's name is because her name is spelled S A O I R S E. It's Irish. It's Irish. She's Irish. Yeah. And um, in it, the, it always me- messes me up. And I know that Irish is an English language. Um, but I am, I, well, I understand. Gaelic is a different language. It is. Okay, right, Gaelic. Uh, it's, I don't know how to interpret. I don't either. Three vowels in a row. I don't either. It's, I uh, really don't. It's, we really don't see it. No. But so, it's Sersha. It's Sersha. So, <laughs> speaking of Sersha, I think uh, I'm picking as, should, will win, will win Sersha Ronan Little Women. And my should win is Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story. And so I, I just, I believe that um, Little Women is going to sweep some of these uh, acting roles because I have a funny feeling uh, when it comes to Best Picture that it's, it's going to be different and we're going to see some, we're going to see some other stuff. So I think the acting roles, it's important um, for the Academy to give love to Little Women because that's what the Academy does, and it's a good. I mean, it's a good ensemble cast. Yeah, it, right. And that's I, I, that's one category that I would uh, that you could take from the Golden Globes that I would welcome in the Academy. Oh, ensemble cast, an ensemble cast. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can. I could see because there are some movies where an actor gets has a great performance, but because they're so much part of an ensemble, they don't get. Nominations yeah. no, because true. they're kind of the, the way the nomination process is set up is to really highlight this person takes control. This this is this person's movie. Mm-hmm. They get a lot of screen time. They're the focus, right? Um, so I, um, Little Women is an ensemble cast. It's quite good. Well, there you go. And uh, I I picked Scarlett Johansson as the should win because I I think um, while I think Adam Driver is the, pardon the use of another word, it's the same, driver of this movie. Um, I think that her sort of understated, um, her understated sort of, I don't know how to put it, 
She, je ne sais quoi. She, <laughs> je ne sais quoi. <laughs> She's got something that's going on. Uh, it, it's a low. It's it's like a below level slow burn, um, and it's and it's a character that kind of changes along the way. She at first it there there's a lot of um, you know. Oh, uh, we will agree to do this through our divorce. We'll agree to do that. We'll. Ag- I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. And she's kind of, you know, not her own person. And as the movie goes, she gets to be more her own person. And I think that she, actually, I think she becomes a lot more selfish as the movie goes along. And I think it's the years of putting. Um, her husband's career ahead of her own um, that makes her more selfish. Do they have children in this movie? There's one okay. child, yeah. And so, and she's insistent that she be, you know, that the child live with her. Um, and the, and Adam Driver's character really wants to have, you know, a legit shared custody. And he has his own psychosis in this movie. I mean, he's... He's convinced that she's going to move back to New York where he, she keeps on saying, I'm staying in California, and he doesn't hear it. Mm. And so it's – there's a lot going on with these two characters and, uh, you know – and and, and there's, there's like cameo sort of other actors in it like Ray Liotta just out of nowhere as a, as 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 a Adam Driver's lawyer. And then Laura Dern who's nominated. Um, she's really good as – as uh, Scarlett's lawyer, and you know, there's other people in it. Like they just come out of nowhere. They're like, where? Like Julie Haggerty's in it. I mean, just like, yeah. nowhere. You know. Anyway, so I I really liked her in that. Uh, so your pick, my best actress pick, uh, strategy involved. Okay. My will is Renee Zellweger. Ooh, for Judy. I haven't seen Judy. Okay. But there's big buzz behind Renee Zellweger. So. I, it's a tough role. I normally wouldn't do that. I would normally just say, well, I like this one and I mm-hmm. don't care about the buzz because the buzz is often wrong. However, this is pretty – from the research I've done, she's she's in uh, a good situation. Okay. My should is Saoirse Ronan. Okay. Really liked her. I don't think she'll win because of what we said before, the ensemble cast. I think everybody was strong around her and that rose the movie up. So she, although she's, she's, for anybody who hasn't seen a Saoirse Ronan performance, she's without fail, always delightful. She's got. An, she's a good actress. Yes. She's, and she's got something about her mm-hmm. that, and, and it was interesting. Uh, she was in um, one of our favorite movies of the decade, the Grand Budapest Hotel, the yes. Wes Anderson movie. And she yes. wasn't, she wasn't on screen a lot. And. They made a big deal out of her in that movie. They made mm-hmm. a big deal out of this character. Yeah. It made me wonder if Wes Anderson changed part of that in production. Mm. I wonder if she's just so charming that she that they're like she's just so magnetic. Let's make our characters more enthralled with her and her birthmark the shape of Mexico on the side of her face. <laughs> Perhaps I, I I don't know. You never know. I like her with Wes Har- with with Wes, Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson. You never know what his his purpose is, and you know things he's quirky. That he does. He's quirky. Um, that's a good category, though. I mean, it's a it's got a lot of good actresses in it. And uh, I'll tell you who I don't think belongs there is Charlize Theron, really, who I think is a good actress, but I saw Bombshell. Yeah, you didn't think she was good in that? She was. She was good. I I left that movie feeling like it was okay. Uh huh. Okay. I'd be shocked if there weren't five full performances that were better than what she did. If you oh, get what I'm saying, right. it was good, but it, it's a. I haven't seen the totality of all the movies and all right. the lead actress performances. But right. If there's not five better than her, then That's I think a it's lot. a weak year. That's a lot. Five. There's a lot of movies that come out. I know, but you're saying this. You think there's actually five five lead performances, lead actress performances that are better than what she did in that movie. I said I I I think there would have to be. Okay, I I could go. I'm not going to do it now, but I'll text you later. I'll go through every movie that I've seen. Please do this year, and I will find what I consider to be the five best female performances. Okay. 
We are we are down to our final two categories, and uh, before we get to the big one, best picture, we have best director. And best director, the nominees are Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Bong Joon-ho Bong Joon Joon for Parasite, Sam Mendes for 1917, and Todd Phillips for Joker. Um, My uh, will and should is the same. Really? 1917. Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. He is... This is a this is an excellently directed movie. It has um, they made they, it look like it's all one shot. Oh, right. of course it isn't. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think it might have been two shots. I heard four to six. Okay, which is listen. Impressive. That's pretty amazing. That's impressive. And and the technology that they use to make those shots and the and not just the technology but the ability to um, just move, you know, the physicality of moving the cameras into a different position or, you know, just him, maybe it's even just switching cameras. I don't know. But the, 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 it makes you feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. And I think for a movie like this to make you feel like you're there, um, I, I think that's exactly what you should be going for. And they show that it, it's just I, – I really think he did an excellent job. I just – I'm just – I loved this that movie. I just think it was a great movie, and I thought he did a great job directing it, and I think he should and will win. I'm yet to see 1917. It's so awesome. That's what I've heard. So here are my picks. Yes. And there's strategy involved because I haven't seen it. I am betting that Sam Mendes will win. Okay. Martin Scorsese should win. Interesting. So – my thought process on this is I think that 1917 is going to get a lot of – it's going to get a lot of awards in the technical categories. Sure. And I almost think that this would be a technical director award. You accomplished a difficult feat. Right. That is award worthy. Sure. That's not – I mean that makes it sound like I'm taking away from him. Like, oh, it's not a good – like I haven't seen the movie. I don't know if it's bad or if it's good. People love it. It was great. But um, I just think that people are going to – wow. Like, you know, because other directors – uh, the other directors in the director's portion of the Academy uh-huh. vote on – Best director. It's, right. That's the way it works with all of them except for picture. Everybody votes on picture. Right. But then you've got to be in like the guild. Right. So the director's guild, the actor's group, the right. so on and so forth. That Those are who vote for the winners. Right. And I can picture a lot of directors looking at that and being like, I wouldn't even want to try that. Right. And therefore, not only did you try it, but you pulled it off. It's not the first time it's been pulled off. Alfred Hitchcock did a movie yep. called Rope in the 50s, okay. maybe earlier, uh, with Jimmy That's... Stewart. And that was done in three takes. But that movie was done in one room. Oh, that's a big difference. It is a big difference. That's but a I mean, huge difference. But he, nobody really had done it at that length before. Okay. That's good. I mean, I, listen. And it's, I mean, l- l- listen. Let's <laughs> – that's not oh Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> oh, he's really oh yeah, hack director, you know. <laughs> right. Um, uh, and then no, but- Alfred Hitchcock's great, but let let me just put it to you this way: he did three shots, three three takes in a room. This guy was doing across battlefields. Yeah. Well, it's it's incredible. The camera. I mean, I don't want to get it. the camera in Alfred Hitchcock's day was much bigger. Oh my god. And gosh. much louder. Here we go. And it was a lot of dialogue. So the actors had to I, I think it's a feat. Here's another question for you though about, sure. about this is along the same lines as the Joaquin Phoenix question I asked okay. you. Okay. Very recently, Birdman won Best Picture and Best Director, and that was filmed as a one take movie, and it I was. think they did three or four in that. Do you think that that could be like, well, we've seen this recently and we've awarded it recently, this convention could that hurt the vote this year it's possible because anything's possible but i i i i don't think so because i think sam mendez is 
is fairly well respected, and I think he's oh, people love him. Yeah, I think he, I think amongst his brethren, he's going to get a lot of love now. You know, and I think all these guys, except for Bong Joon Ho, because you haven't seen it, because I haven't seen it. A and B, I don't think he's a known quantity. To be perfectly he, in, honest, in I, I do know this because I have a friend who lived in South Korea for a long time. Sure, in South Korean movies, he is okay. The thing that's great, except that this is the United States and yeah. this is our Academy Awards. Yeah. So maybe he's the greatest thing in South Korea. This ain't South Korea, kid. This is this is. I'm gonna say this, and this makes me sound so ignorant and uncultured. Okay, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Eventually, when there is a well done. English adaptation of Parasite. Yes. I will happily see that. I'm with you. And I am not, I don't think that foreign films are of a lesser quality. My problem with foreign films in my enjoyment of them is in that when you're watching a film, there's language that is being told to you through all of the tools. Right. The 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 lighting. The acting, the facial expressions, the right. the the shot choice, and right. the composition. There's so the much words and the way they're said. Yes, and, yeah. And so there's a lot of what makes a movie good is almost absorbed, right? Less than viewed, right? And I think that in my experience, when I'm taking time to read, because sometimes when you watch a movie with subtitles, the subtitles are long. Yeah. And, you know, you want to get that information. Right. And I'm spending a lot of time reading and focusing on those words, and I'm missing a lot of the other mise-en-scene. That's the French term for it, by the way. I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. Um, Throwing a lot of French around today. (laughs) That's – what was my other French term? Je ne sais quoi. No, je ne sais quoi. Well, I – those are – that is – Those are two French terms you know. That is the extent of my (laughs) French We. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I can say we. Uh, um, and uh, Champs-Élysées. Oh, there you go. You can name a street. Yeah. So um, anyways, um, as far as Parasite goes, everybody who's seen it says it's such a compelling story and such a well done. I just – I feel like I'd have to watch it twice in a row. I'd have to watch it once and read it right. and then watch it a second time and watch it. Right. No, I agree with you. Uh, your concerns are my concerns yeah. as far as foreign films go. You know I don't like to go – I just – I don't like to read. I don't want to have to read. My eyesight is okay, but it's not great. So then um, I'm reading it, and sometimes if it if the if the words are over something that looks the same color, I lose the words. And, you know – I just – I don't like it. I don't like concentrating on it. Before we move on to the main event, I got two things to say. One, yes. about Scorsese. The reason I think he should win is he climbed Everest with this movie. I mean it's not as flashy as – he's not doing a bunch of technical things, but it's long. It's dense. It is long. Um, It's really good, and he was dealing with a technology that he'd never worked with before, the de-aging – and in the direction of that, because a lot of directing is to do with, okay, I want the camera here. Right. And it's thinking about how, you know, and then, you know, a lot of directors hire actors and they're just like, well, I hired you to act. So I'm just right. going to trust what you do. And if you're not doing what I want, then I might give you a little note. Right. But so all of these older actors are playing younger versions of their character yeah. and then older versions of their character. Right. Than they are currently in their life. Sure. So. When De Niro and Pesci and Al Pacino are playing the younger versions of their character, Scorsese had to be like, "Don't forget to walk like a young man. Don't forget to stand like an old, like a young man. Like you need to straighten your back. You need to behave." And I think in the actor work, in the keeping them on point, I think that's kind of where he scaled Everest. I think he probably had to be more hands-on than he's been in years. Not that he's not hands-on. But with actor-wise, I think he's had to be more involved in scene-to-scene performance than he has in years. Well, that's – I mean it's as good a theory as any, Brian. And I – you know, I, I'm not sure, you know – I don't know. And here's the other thing. This is about subtitles. There was – this is way off topic. But there was – this past summer, there was an HBO show 
that premiered called Los Espookies. Okay. And half of the show was in Spanish and half of the show was in English. All right. And during the Spanish portion, the subtitles were in English. And during the English portion, the subtitles were in Spanish. That makes sense. Uh, and it was so funny. It's the, the brief premise is there are people in Mexico City, this group of friends who really like goofy horror movies like 50s B movies like you know what the brain that wouldn't die or something yeah, yeah. Right? they love that stuff and they decide to open it's the worst business idea in the world but they succeed at it they open a spooky for hire if you for whatever reason if you need somebody to be spooked you can hire them and they'll set up an elaborate yeah that right? doesn't sound like a so they're so good business. No. It's a funny show. It's okay. weird. Yeah. It's weird, but it's funny. There's a scene in that that I read and I laughed so hard that I had to stop and catch my breath. I, I paused it to catch my breath. Then I rewound it and then I laughed again. It's this scene. They go to this town where they've already done a spooky, mm-hmm. as they call it, the Losa spooky. Okay. And uh, they've created out in the water in this Mexican beach town um, a a sea monster. So the beach town becomes a um, a tourist attraction. All right. So after a couple of weeks, people kind of get tired. They're like, oh, well, like, I've seen the sea monster. Yeah. So the town calls back like, we need to hire you again. We need something else. We need to reinvigorate. And they're already busy. So they just send one of their members down dressed as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, God. Right, and she's on the boardwalk, and then it's the scene is uh, it's a it's a news program. It's in Spanish. In the Spanish translation, as to what the newscaster says is, the beachside town that has been unfortunately plagued with an attack of a sea monster now seems to be the home of the ghost of Marilyn Monroe. And then Marilyn, Mon- the the girl saying Marilyn Monroe, who's playing Marilyn Monroe, goes yubba dubba doo, <laughs> yubba dubba doo. Yeah, and the newscaster says who appears to be possessed by Fred Flintstone. <laughs> so the ghost of Marilyn Monroe is possessed by Fred Flintstone. Oh my God. That's so, ridiculous. It's, uh, yeah. So there's an example where sure. I, I put myself through that process of reading and wow. not watching, and it paid Look off. Look at you. Look yeah. at you growing. <laughs> Becoming um, an adult. Yeah, you're maturing, is it? <laughs> um, so this is the biggie. Uh, best picture. And the nominees are... Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Marriage Story, Parasite, and 1917. And before I give you my will win um, and should wins, um, because I did like you did, I picked a couple of movies that I thought could or should win. But anyway, I automatically automatically I have deleted Parasite as a as an option. Yeah. Because it's up for Best Foreign Film. I think it's going to win that. I don't think it should win Best Foreign Film and Best Picture. I think that's I don't think not it, the right thing to I do. I don't think it can. I think when we discussed this, I believe we discussed this on air that- We talked about it a little bit, yeah. If an animated movie or a foreign movie is nominated for Best Picture, it should then be disqualified from competition right. in I the agree. other category. I 100% agree. So- I am going to say will win 1917. Um, I have. It's the front runner right now. It is. And I have three movies that I really think, you know, they're really good. I mean, these are, this category is chock full of really, really, really good movies. And so. Yeah, it's a good year. It is. And so I think Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Joker certainly. Could win. If you had to put, like, tell me, so you think is, would 1917 be the will and should? I know you like a bunch of movies, but do you like that the most? Uh, or is there no. or is there a should in those movies that you just mentioned that you find head and shoulders above? For different reasons, I think I would pick Marriage Story um, because I think that in in, the, in its totality, it it has it, it's it's a different kind of movie. It's not the technical uh, tour de force that 1917 right. is, um, but it has you know great acting, 
great writing, um, great performances, even, you know, even by the um, peripheral characters, this, even, the, even the kid that's in the movie is really, really good. Uh, and I'm not much for child actors, but he was really good in this. And so I think in its totality, it's a really, really good movie. And in another year, when in, there wasn't such great movies as, that are out there now, I think it would win Best Picture. I think, and I think, you know, in another year, Joker could win Best Picture. And in sure. another year, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could win. Yeah. Even Little Women in another year. Well, and also, um, I, I think probably when the people vote, it could be, well, today I feel like this, tomorrow yeah, I feel different. exactly. I mean, you don't know and how not the to say, feel. not to say that the voters don't take it seriously, but no, that can no. be just like, you know, today I just really love the Irishman. Or right. To, you know, but no. tomorrow I might really love Ford versus Ferrari. People, people's... Their People's moods f- when they're ticking that box. Exactly. Will change. Hell, my moods change about movies as the years go by. Sure. And, you know, so I think if it's we're going to... Which is good. Huh? Which is good. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes you look at a movie, when you first see it, you think, wow, that's an instant classic. And, you know, but like five years goes by and you watch it again and you're like, why did I like this again? Well, so many times you can be dazzled by the newness. Right. And then right. And then you look at it and you're like, well, you know, and you know, when I really think about it, that wasn't that new. They were actually just kind of taken from this and as I you were swept up in the moment. Right. But anyways, my no. picks. Yes. I'm gonna go with should I'm gonna let you know what my should is first. Okay. And you know what my should is because it's my favorite movie of the year, Jojo Rabbit. Yes. I loved it. It should win. It won't win. It won't but win. But it should. My will win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ooh. I think this year Bucks. The trend, I think it changes. And I think that Quentin Tarantino has said he's retiring after 10 movies. This is his ninth. Yeah, I don't buy it. He says he wants to write books. Okay, well, I'll believe I it when s- I see it. I can see that. Or I can picture him going to making long-form HBO or sure. Netflix content. Sure. I can see him being like, because he's verbose. He is verbose. So I can picture him like I need a bigger canvas to paint on. I need more time. Like maybe a, a, a TV show. Yeah, yeah. like a, like a like like, a, like he could do yeah. a series of eight episode miniseries and just be like, oh, I, you know, I'm being constrained to at tops three hours in film, but I can get eight right. and a half hours right. on HBO. Right, right. So well, we'll see. Maybe. So I think that might be one reason, but also. The people in Los Angeles historically mm-hmm. have loved movies about the movie industry and True. about Los Angeles. True. And that has covers both. And that covers both. Yeah. And, no, and the down and, and the, there's a subtext, there's there's a, a through line in the movie about downtrodden, underappreciated actors. Oh, I know. They're so self-centered. So this makes it sound cynical. I think if it wins, it deserves it. But that's why I think it's going to win. Oh, it could deserve it for sure. I mean, and in it's interesting as I listen to you, uh, I'm I'm realizing that you're using the two <laughs> opposing strategies in in your picks. Um, yeah, with my will and should. With well, no, with you picked. You picked this movie to win uh, once yeah. upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. But then when we were talking about screenplays. You were like, it's not well, it's not, uh, you know, I don't know, you yeah. know. They're gonna you know. give it. They're gonna give it to it here. But. Yeah. So, any at any rate, I think that's funny that you had that. Yeah, and and um, I think people, you know, it's a paradox. I listen. I listen to uh, the Conan O'Brien podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. If you haven't listened to it, you should check it out. I have listened to it. Good. Yes. So he has had people on, and this has been since the summer that he's been had people on. And that movie comes up in conversation a lot. Does it really? Where, like, yeah, there are people that are being interviewed by Conan who, like, oh, I wish I could be Cliff Booth. <laughs> like, oh, I wish, I wish I could be Cliff Booth, or I wish he could be a friend. Conan has been like, oh, just, I'd just love to be Cliff Booth. Yeah, I mean, I so get it's it. resonating with the yeah with the people in this circle. Well, hopefully, Conan O'Brien doesn't have a vote. I think. Conan's smart. Well, oh no, he's smart, but I don't want him voting for a movie just because it's about LA and it's about actors. Oh, and yeah. 
I think that's I, you know, terrible is, way to is, vote for a movie. This is way off topic, but he said something that did make me feel real sad. So he grew up in Boston. He did. As you know, in Brookline. Yep. And spent a long time in New York. He did. And then he's moved to Los Angeles. But one thing that he said was because of the amount that he's moved around, he doesn't feel like he has any roots. Like he doesn't come home and feel like – he doesn't come back to Boston and feel like it's home. He doesn't go back to New York and feel like it's home. And he doesn't feel at home in Los Angeles. And I just thought to myself – and he's got a family and a wife and friends. What a crybaby. <laughs> I love Conan. I like him too. But, it, you know, this is the problem with, with Hollywood and with actors and with the entertainment industry in particular. They, they start to think that they're smarter than they are. Okay? He's, I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm just saying he's overthinking this. Like, oh, yeah, I'm rootless. I'm this, like, rootless wanderer who wanders the earth like Kwai Chang Kang. I don't and, think he was lamenting you know, it. I think he was like, just come speaking on. open and honestly to somebody yeah. about the way that he feels yeah. about I think it's the concept of roots. It's ridiculous. It's insanity. He grew up here. These are his roots. He should – he went to – not only did he grow up here, he went to college here. But you know how much the city has changed since the 80s. Oh, it's changed, no doubt. But – do you think Brookline's changed that much? I don't do really his, go to Brookline that much. Do you think his, his parents have changed that much? For those of you who don't live in the Boston area, which I don't think there are many listeners that don't live in the Boston area, but someday in the future, yes, when there's non-Boston area people, there's areas of Boston, we're in one of them right now, called Watertown, that is impossible to get to. There are no highways. Mm. It's a town and, separate from Boston, yes, but yes. But it's, it's part it's, it's very close. Anyways, very close. in Brookline, where Kona Bryan grew up, is a very nice area. Tom Brady has a house there. It's up for sale right now. $40 million if you can afford it. Yeah. Um, it's a very, very nice area of Boston. It is. But, I mean, I need – I can't get there without a navigator using the GPS. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not look, easy. Look at – it's just Route 9. Go to Route 9 and you'll get there. It's that simple. <laughs> it's, it's just that simple. It's just that simple. Well, I'm a North Shore guy. I know you are. But I – and listen, I grew up in a town that's considered north We're of Boston. We're getting way off track. But I, I agree. Um, but, you know, I think this is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, go, we go on tangents. Yeah. Um, listen, Boston is hard to get around. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of confusing roads and confusing signs. The city of Boston has three Washington streets. Right. Three separate streets. Three separate yeah. streets. <laughs> I know. It's insanity. And um, so and, – and the streets are laid out because of the way the cows walked yeah. uh, except for uh, Back Bay, yeah. which has which grid. grid. Yeah, because but, it's landfill. Right. Exactly. And it was built after. <laughs> so That's why you don't see skyscrapers in Back Bay. It, well, the Hancock Tower and the Prudential Tower is are that technic- Back I mean, Bay. Is yeah. that – or is that on like – no, the they're edge. back bay. All right. Yeah. But my point is they – it's a weird city layout-wise. And so it's hard to get around, period. And then you throw in the traffic and the terrible uh, uh, public transportation that's there. Now. Boston's a terrible city to get around in. It just is. <laughs> I love it, but it's terrible. I love it here. I live here. This is where I was born and raised. Yeah. But, you know, it's just – it's gotten so difficult to move around. Yeah. And uh, – yeah, I just don't like that part of it. All right. Well, that's a great way to I guess segue we should just the end. ending. But I do want to say before, we're going to do a little business here. Oh, business. So uh, as I as I mentioned at the you end know, of every episode. Why don't you tell me these things ahead of time so that I know they're coming? Because I like your honest and immediate reaction to things. Okay. It's better than, it, that's better than if you're prepared. Okay. Um, so as I mentioned in a pre-recorded ending to these podcasts, we – the Grexley uh, family yes, podcast. The Grexley family. Uh, there's a Patreon page. There is, and it's up and running, and apparently people are becoming patrons. I love it. So just so that you know, uh, Father Chip and I, and me and some of the other um, podcasters in the building, have recorded some extra episodes. Me and Father Chip bonus content. Bonus content. And uh, that is something that you can be rewarded with if you become a patron. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and we're going to be trying to do this as much as possible. When something really strikes us, there's going to be stuff there that we are doing separately. And just for that, 
and we're going to try to make it fun for you. For example, um, if you go there now, I recorded an episode with Kelsey of the Daughters podcast and Alexis of To the Heights podcast. I believe I'm saying that. I her no, she's Paper Cranes. I don't know. I don't know. You're looking at me like I should. Know. She's Paper. I I <laughs> on when we were talking. I made I'm a this, peripheral member of the Grexley no, family. No, you're integral. <laughs> uh, while we were had while we were having this discussion. I got the name of the podcast wrong. So I've got a block, clearly. Clearly. Anyways, um, we did, uh, and I really like this. Uh, we will be periodically recording those. Uh, I am showing them or giving them access or asking them to watch classic movies, more modern classics, but classic movies that they haven't seen before. Right. And because that's something I really like. And uh, me and Father Chip will be recording if there's an interesting story or an interesting. Uh, side note that we'd like to talk about. We're going to be recording that. It's and we be, did do one. We did do one. Uh, <laughs> a story about me getting punched in the face at the movie theater. That was awesome. Uh, so I just want you to know that it's out there and yes. we are trying to come up. It's not just more of this. It's you know, different. We, we could have done our Boston discussion, although I don't think that the, that's no. terribly riveting. So, you know, I have... I have a pop culture reference that I'd like to do a special on, All a right. special one-off episode. It's not necessarily a movie pop culture reference, but it's a pop culture in, in, in dealing with music. And I think that, you know, people might be interested in how I feel about a certain subject. Um, I don't want to give it away because I'm going to be doing it, and then we can talk about it when I do it. But, you know, I, th- I think that we, you and I, like pop culture. We We look for... Um, the pop culture things we read that we about like. It. We read about it. We watch. We 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 take in the content. Yeah. Um, and you know, content is king. Um, but I think there's more to life and and uh, and pop culture than just movies. Oh, um, sure. So, despite the fact that I love the movies, um, I also have this other stuff that I like, and I'm going to do that. Uh, and hopefully, it will be uh, put up on the Patreon. Site. Oh, it, it absolutely will. And, and we're going to be doing this as often as possible, but not unwarranted. We will not be foisting unwarranted content on you. That we can promise. Of course. Absolutely. Bring it's, it home, Father Chip. Well, thank you, Brian. And uh, you know, we, we, I think we had a really good show today. I agree. And I think uh, hopefully um, I'll beat you this year and go on a winning streak of, of winning the Oscar prediction pool. Um so we did pick our Oscar picks. If you missed any, just rewind and listen again. And uh, I think that'll be important for you to do. You might want to skip this whole end part because <laughs> somebody will somebody will win. I just counted the tally. Somebody will win. Somebody will win because we have five differences. Excellent. Excellent. On the other hand, in one of those categories, both of us could lose. So that's true. <laughs> but somebody, uh, hopefully somebody hope, will win. Hopefully somebody will win. So that's it for today and uh, this time uh, on Never a Dull Movie. We'll see you next time. I'm Father Chip Hines. And I'm Brian Swift. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Never a Dull Movie. Never a Dull Movie has been a production of the Grexley Podcast Network. To learn more about this podcast and the other great podcasts on the Grexley Podcast Network, please check out grexley.com. That's G-R-E-X-L-Y.com. And if you're interested in supporting this podcast, please check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash Grexley. When you join our Patreon page, you will receive early and exclusive access to unique content. Thanks for listening to Never a Dull Movie, and we will see you next week.